Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Here we are for another episode of Black and White Market Chatter right here on Life Planning 101. Matt Irvin and Aaron Kennedy here with you for a little bit longer episode today than our normal just a few minutes. So you have to hang with us through all the detail. We want to do a quick recap of what the heck we've been talking about, uh, go through some of our themes and kind of how they're coming to fruition. So Aaron, talk to us a little bit about what's been going on. Man, it's been busy. You know, usually when we do our Friday calls, we go through a bunch of bunch of stuff and and... Uh, we go so fast. I wanted to give a little bit of clarification of what we're talking about. I think big story is inflation. It's been inflation. We can all feel that, but that's not what's changing the world. Everybody has higher prices. What I want to look at is what's happening to the the U.S. dollar. Why is the U.S. dollar so strong and why is it even important? Who cares? We're kind of isolated here in the U.S. because it doesn't affect us, you know, but the rest of the world, it's a big deal. It's a really, really big deal, you know, depending on what currency that you're domiciled in, whether you're in Japan with the yen or uh, Europe with the euro, every time our dollar gets higher, then the goods that you're buying from us is getting more expensive, and it's hurting you from an inflation standpoint. You know, on, on the flip side, our strong U.S. dollar has really benefited us from an inflation rate, and it's made it not as painful for us. So I know that's, what in the world does that mean? But uh, it could have been a lot worse if we'd have had uh, a falling U.S. dollar. But around the world, this is a big deal, and different countries are really struggling with it. And they're asking the question of what in the world are we doing, and when are we going to stop? You know, there's some big problems out there. First is Japan. They're implementing yield curve control. So, you know, the big institutions are shorting Japanese bonds. So shorting Japanese bonds, yield should be going up for those bonds. If I'm putting a whole lot of money betting that a bond will go down in value, that means yields are going up, right? So... If I have a bond that's paying me, if I have a $100 bond that's paying me a dollar, that's yielding 1%. But now if I can buy the bond at $50, that yield goes way up if I'm still getting the same dollar. So so what is Japan doing? These institutions are shorting bonds in the middle of the night, and then Japan is turning around and buying them back just as fast as they can because they want to keep that thing pegged to about a quarter of a percent. So what's that doing for them? It's hurting their currency immensely and they don't really care they're wanting to keep interest rates at a certain point and they're going to do anything to do it and they are spending the yen like a bunch of drunken sailors trying to keep this thing (laughs) under control and it will bankrupt the country if they keep this up so they are really drowning right here and saying the u.s fed what in the world are you doing Stop, 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 so, stop. So they're doing that in response to us. Yes, absolutely. So that that is a huge systemic risk. It'll expand around the world if it does finally break. So that's a big risk we're looking at. Europe, oh gosh, uh, they can't keep themselves out of trouble. There's a war over there. Okay, that, That's causing a lot of problems. 
it looks like the Europeans are going to have a very, very hard time keeping their houses warm in the wintertime. As of right now, it looks like Russia is going to keep the Nordstrom pipeline open about 20%. They just signed this huge deal, you know, welcoming Russia into their country, telling them that they were going to supply all the natural gas. And wow, how'd that work out for them? Yeah, 20%. Yeah. They went to war. Russia really doesn't like Europe standing up to them, so they're cut off all the heat to their homes. You know, so ah, that's not going to be good for uh, the euro. And even right now, you know, the euro is trading on par with the U.S. dollar. So it's one-to-one. Very, very close, and we haven't seen this out of that price. So the dollar is getting a lot stronger there. And where can Europe go to get natural gas? They have to come to us. On that natural gas, my gosh, that's trading at um, $8.3 right now. And then you slap on shipping. Then you slap on an extra 15% of how much our dollars appreciated, according to them. It gets expensive quickly. It gets expensive quickly. And on top of that, there's a lot of countries over there that are going green very quickly. And, um, you know, they're cutting off fertilizer and they're really pushing them to take on this new green idea. So we're seeing a lot of people fighting back, you know, especially the farmers. And um, it's we're, we're realizing this now, but a lot of our food, even here in the U.S., is coming from overseas. Great deal of it. And um, they're trying to destroy supply over in Europe. And it, it's cutting into a lot of families' income. You know, we, we see a lot of economic weakness there. Go look at what happened to Sri Lanka. They tried to do the same thing. They wanted to get really cute and go green and take away all the plant food. I think that president has been run off into exile, and he's completely hiding in a different country. There's a new president and constant protests in the street. I think I was just reading that the new president they put in is trying to outlaw protests. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Go look. There's pictures of protesters in the president's mansion swimming in the pool and everything else. I don't know how that's going to work out. Someone steps in, tries to go through the same thing, and the only new rule is no protest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sounds like I got a heap of trouble over there. But let's take a quick break here on uh, Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. We're back with Section 2 of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. We are just talking about Sri Lanka and how uh, their going green movement uh, wasn't so green for them. Yes. The biggest story is if we look out across the world, everybody is struggling. Most countries are really, really struggling. And, you know, if we look at how many years ago was it that we were talking about globalization and how this all needed to end and we needed to mow uh, onshore more industries. This isn't about how much has been onshored and not. What I want everybody to realize is we are a global world right now and you can't take the, the biggest countries on our planet and put them in such economic turmoil and not think that it's going to affect everybody. And it is. And we're seeing that right now. And a big part of it is price of the U.S. dollar. On a good note, I think the ECB or the European Central Bank is uh, raising interest rates for the first time in a long time. They're, they're going to increase it up half a percent. 
so they're not going to be negative across the board anymore. That will help with Europe, absent the Nordstrom pipeline, agricultural problems, you know, just apples to apples from an interest rate standpoint, that will help, but they, they got other things to fix, but it's a step in the right direction. Looking out, you know, tomorrow's gonna be a big day for us. Uh, the Fed's gonna come out and talk, and uh, all expectations are they're gonna raise interest rates by three quarters of a percent again. Now, three quarters of a percent, the market is loving that right now. The market's up, what, 2.55% this month. Um, so it's been a great month. It's been a very risk-on month. S&P's up 2.5%. NASDAQ's up 4.4%. Small caps are 4.3% up. Um, so it has been a, a risk-on trade so far this month. And why? That's the head-scratching part. We came out with some pretty horrendous inflation numbers this month. And there for a couple of days, we were expecting the Fed to increase interest rates by 1%. Well, economic data's come out so weak that now we were only expecting three quarters of percent and the market is cheering and going crazy that, hey, we're getting closer to the end. So just a, a glimmer of hope and the market's trying to soak it in. Glimmer of hope. And we're going to get to hear about it tomorrow. So I don't know what the market does. It really depends on whether they put a pause between a sentence or a comma or, you know, that it's very difficult to figure out what the Fed is doing uh, or what they're thinking. We do know this. Everything is slowing down. All the economic indicators are getting weak, and um, that's what the Fed is trying to do. You know, they're trying to slow down this inflationary problem we have. You know, we can't import semiconductors from overseas. So, you know, if you're struggling to eat or even drive to work, you really don't care about a semiconductor. So who needs to buy one if, if I can't even feed my children? So that's the route we've taken. It's crazy. Doctor, I've got a blister on my toe. Well, let's cut that thing off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But, um, you know, speaking of economics, most of our uh, manufacturing indexes have come out, and not only did they disappoint, but they disappointed in a big, big way. Things are not looking positive. But uh, we, knew this, we knew this was coming, right? We've yes. been talking for two months about how things are slowing down and, and employment slowing down and, and companies are not going to hire near as quickly. And so we looked a little silly there in the beginning because nothing supported that. But it was, yeah. it was clear. It was a clear side. So when we look forward to it, we try to be ahead of things just based on good old common sense. Yes, yes. Even yesterday... You know, the biggest part, let me back up a little bit. The biggest part of our uh, economy is the consumer. So the most frustrating or confusing thing about our uh, economy so far is all these things were happening and our, our consumer remained strong. Or, that, or that's what we were being told. You know, they were just taking it on the chin and, and continue on. It doesn't matter if I'm spending now 30% of my income on fuel. I'm just breaking into my savings, or, and I'm, I'm not going to slow down my spending. Shopify is now laying off 10% of their employees. Walmart came out with some really bad numbers yesterday. They did well from earnings, revenue, not not well, but uh, their future outlook was very, very poor. And even Walmart 
it dropped 10% overnight. It's getting into the consumer as we speak, or it's showing up in the numbers. Employment, that's going to start to come up. We're finally going to get to see that in the, in the numbers because we're seeing companies talk about it. We're seeing companies uh, lay people off, you know. So here's the biggest question is seeing believing because companies are telling us that they're doing it, you know, but we got to hear from old Janet Yellen this week and says we're not in a recession, we're not going to go into a recession. Our fearless leader came out and said we're not in a recession, we're not going into a recession. So what does that mean? Do we change the definition of what a recession is or do they know something that the different companies in the, the economy don't know? Let's unpack that a little more. But before that, we're going to take a quick break. Our second and final break on Black and White Market Cheddar and Life Planning 101. And we're back here for the final uh, segment of our episode of Black and White Market Cheddar Life Planning 101. Let's unpack the rest of this. You said something interesting. Is the government knows something that the companies don't know. So there's a little bit of con- contradicting information there. Yes. Um, so we got some some huge employers out there that are laying people off or stopping uh, hiring. Got some of the biggest consumer-driven companies out there, Amazon, Walmart, uh, Shopify. They're all warning us what's going on. But we're being told by other people that are running our economy or our government that it's not happening. Which one ends up being right? That's going to be the biggest question out there because I don't want to be a cynic or anything, but really if, if you go look at the news or anything, a lot of the times it's not really reported as what we're seeing or what we're feeling. And uh, depending on what your, what your thoughts of, of why they're doing it, it does happen. So, and you know, from a psychological standpoint, Nobody wants to be the only person in this country that it's not confident about what's going on. I don't want to be the only person in Eastland, Texas, that is struggling with fuel costs and food costs. So if I'm told that, hey, this is normal, I'm probably going to start to believe it. Right. You know, but look at what this government's done. They have lowered gasoline prices the most in history. Oh, wow. It's fantastic, and we're being told that. It's just like gasoline has dropped 38% over the last couple of months, most in history. Yeah. It's still $4.50 a gallon, but... <laughs> well, we don't, we don't look at it that way. It's not, it's not how we do it. Yeah. You know? So the, the point, you can't pick your data points, right? The yeah. facts are the facts. You have to keep facts everything in context. So, uh, you know, just looking at everything, this is really a supply problem that's going on. We can't get the goods that we need. It's really not a commodity problem other than oil, you know, energy. Most commodities are, have been coming down. Um, you know, steel's down 31% over the last year. Mm-hmm. Copper's down 26% over the last year. Lumber's down 4% over the last year. So the building blocks of our economy are going the opposite way. The one that has stayed stubbornly high is, is energy. You know, oil's still at $94 or $95, which is great. It's not... It was floating in the 115s, you know, yeah. so it has come down. But it's still $95. Still not Gasoline's still $4.5. It's not 5 thank God. Right. 
but it is stubbornly expensive and natural gas is high you know and, and that natural gas that's what heats and cools our home so um, it's going to take more than the fed raising interest rates to get this inflation problem under control and it's going to take more than sending our country into a recession to slow things down price-wise. They can slow down our economy. They can slow down our ability to buy goods, but they really can't slow down prices. And that's really where they need to go. And eat tomorrow, even if they say everything's working fine, we're going to stop this for a while. Market's going to cheer. You know, market's going to go up. It's going to explode up. And it's going to be fantastic. But what happens the month after that? We got August and then then the Fed, this is what they've been telling us, is that they're going to start uh, quantitative tightening at about $95 billion a month, which they're going to be sucking out $95 billion a month out of our economy. That's going to slow down the economy, too. They're yeah. going to try to get a trillion dollars. has the same effect, right? Has yeah, it's, it's going to have the same effect. So I think the Fed is really embarrassed. I think the Fed... And our government as a whole wants to look like they're in control. And we've talked a lot about that before. But economics, uh, inflation, all of that stuff is backwards looking. And the problem and the reason we say the Fed is, has gone too far one way or the other 100% of the time is it's because they're always looking in the rearview mirror of what's happened and um, cause and effect, you know, they go too far. And that's what they're going to do this time as well i'm glad you brought this so that's that's the camp we're in it's going to go it's going to go too far again so what are we, what are we doing to stay positioned for that we talked a lot about that we're, we're really hoping for the band-aid effect right to rip it off and get after it and go again but yeah that's really what we need second quarter needs to come out and we need to be in a recession right now that's, that sounds horrible but we need the numbers to come in very very weak so the Fed starts to second-guess themselves. If we're already in a recession, maybe the Fed starts to think, hey, we've done enough, we can do the soft landing, and now let the economy, this is just going to be a mild recession, resetting of prices, and they can take off, I mean, go the opposite way, and the economy can take off. You know, That's best-case scenario. And um, that's what I'm hoping for, You know, that we're, we're already in a recession. I think we all feel it, we all see it, but we don't know. And we don't know how, lo- how far the Fed is going to try to take this. They need to stop, though. They need to stop right now. Yeah. And we're positioned for that, right? We, yeah. we talked. So we're, we're positioned for a couple of different things. Timing the market is a fool's errand. If you time it and you get it right, you, know, you probably only do it one time in, a, in an entire career. And, and we're not trying to guess what's going to happen. But we do have the portfolio set up. We have several scenarios that we should be really set up well. Um, a, a lot of the, the companies that we're holding or industries we're holding are, um, let's just say, older industry, producer of things. Uh, a lot of it is dividend growth. So companies that have been very disciplined and higher quality over time that know how to use their capital and can return that to shareholders in a meaningful way. We're all shareholders. So if they can give us money back, I'm happy with that. We're trying to put things in our favor. 
if you're invested with us and you have a hundred percent stock portfolio, guess what? I, I got over twenty percent sitting on the sidelines. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's our aggressive portfolio. Yeah. You know, so even if we have something like that, we have dry powder ready to go. But that's when those things you always talk about in bad times, the correlation always reverts to one. Yeah. So when things are that bad, there's no hiding. There's, there's no, no safe hiding. corner. So that's what we're talking about. We can defend against uh, different strategies, but the one where everything correlates to that, to that yeah. drawn out issue, yeah, that's that, tough. That's really, that's really where, where we're going to struggle. And another one that um, I'm a little fearful about is, you know, what if we have it like the, the COVID recovery? Like February, you know, we're scratching head. Oh, my God, what's going on? March is like, oh, this is going to get bad. And then by the end of March, we're just right back to where we were. You know, a super, super fast recovery. We're not going to do as well there because, like I said, we do have 20% on the sideline. So we're, we're going to be at least, if the market jumps up 10%, we're going to get eight at best. Right. That would feel good, you know, and it would put some, put some money into everybody's account. You know, but we're just not, we're not going to perform because we're, we're, we're in protect mode. Yeah. We're, we're T-ball. We've been T-ball since day one. That's how yes. we continue to be. And uh, that's why many investors are with us today. Right. And if you go back 2008 to 2000 through 2002, you know, really your buys towards that bottom, that's going to set you up for a lifetime of returns. If we can get the buy right towards the bottom... You know, this is going to look really good in our T-ball approach, paid off, and, you know, we're going to look just as good as, as people that took the, the highest risks out there, you know, and, and we did it being risk conscious the entire time. Right. Aaron, I hate to cut you off, but we do got to get wrapped up for this third and final segment on this episode of Black and White Market Cheddar on Life Planning 101. If you like what you hear, join us every Friday for our shorter episode, Black and White Market Minute. Same spot, uh, but for today, Matt Irvin, Aaron Kennedy signing off with you. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.